Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything sports. I'm sports editor Dan Diodonna, along with assistant sports editor Will Kennedy. And uh, we've got a lot of things to talk about, a lot of football happening this week. But also, uh, before we get to that, Will wanted to get to a little bit of non-football uh, stuff. We don't uh, always have a lot of super uh, exciting things happening at once, but this is kind of one of those times right now. We've got uh, Holland Christian boys soccer is now ranked number one in the state in Division Three. The, uh, the Holland Dutch, the Los Dutch for soccer are ranked number two in Division Two, and they get to play each other on Monday in a not even across town in a like cross quarter of a mile from their school <laughs> showdown. Yeah. Um, and uh, last year they played each other. They were both ranked number one in their divisions and Holland won the one in a division uh, in, in the district title game, one to nothing um, on a goal that bounced off a defender. So it was about as close as you can possibly get. Uh, it was very exciting. There were just tons uh, tons of people there. It was one of the first events where they started opening it up and allowing a few more people uh, during the pandemic to go. So it was very exciting. Um, and obviously there was a district title on the line. One team was going home. Um, so that made it uh, uh, a little more electric too. Um, this, this, so this Monday at Holland High School, they'll be playing again at 645. Uh, the much anticipated showdown um holland christians look real good they were ranked number three to start the season they knocked off number one unity christian um last uh monday night they beat hamilton 8-0 in a mercy which um you know i figured they would beat hamilton but uh uh, i don't think hamilton looked as bad of a team to get mercy you know so that shows you how how well holland christian is clicking especially offensively um so that'll be very exciting we've had some good some good soccer uh, going on uh, in the area. Uh, and, this, and these obviously these two teams are kind of like the poster teams for that. Um, Kirby Eggers is uh, leading Holland Christian. He's got 12 goals so far, and he is, uh, you know, doing a lot of things, doing a lot of orchestrating uh, with the ball. And uh, Holland is still, uh, you know, ranked number two. They have a few of a couple of their all state players from last year opted not to play high school and are doing the club thing, which, uh, you know, to mixed reviews, uh, obviously. Um, but they still have, um, Levi Hondard and a bunch of other great players and they've still been taking care of business too. So it's going to be a pretty interesting, uh, interesting matchup for sure. Um, will you've seen hope the hope college men's soccer team play. You probably saw them play maybe their best game of the year. Um, just w- what did you, uh, what did you see from, what did you see from them? Uh, when yeah. You saw them? yeah. I mean, they played WashU, which is, I mean, WashU, if you look at their record historically, they're normally finished around a couple games above 500. So you don't really anticipate them being incredible, but when you look at their conference, they play like a bunch of top 10 teams over and over again, and they, they always compete and they came into 
the game against Hope undefeated. I believe they're four and zero. Hope was three zero, three zero and one, or three one and one. I'm sorry. Um, and Hope uh, got the one nothing win. Uh, really, kind of dominated the game outside of the first ten or fifteen minutes. Washi was kind of putting pressure on, but after that, the next uh, 75, 80 minutes, um, Hope really just you know ball control, ball control, and was in 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 causing causing problems for Washu the whole time. And it, it was it was good. A lot a lot of young guys got in. They they have a lot of depth. Um, the college soccer rules are weird with the, I'm used to watching the premier league where you only get three um, substitutes all game, but in college soccer, you can, you can do a whole lot more, more subbing in and out. And then second half, you basically same exact thing is slates wiped clean, I think. Um, so a lot of subbing in and out, a lot of subbing in and out, which is really good for their depth. Um, a lot of younger guys played, um, but they look good. I mean, they're defending MIAA um, tournament champions. Uh, they only played like two or three regular season game last year um because of covid so they're really fresh their legs are fresh um but yeah they uh they looked good uh we'll see what happens when the game time i double a play for sure for sure and i watched the hope women play um they beat elmhurst uh also won nothing they probably should have won about four or five nothing they had some big scoring chances that uh elmer's goalie was pretty pretty good and also uh, a couple of misfires on some shots um but uh they're off to a really good start too. Um, only one loss so far, and uh, um, they're finding some local local contributors. Um, there's sophomore forward from Holland Christian, Madison Holloway, who's leading them in scoring. Um, she kind of played more of the midfield in high school, and kind of was as a lot of you know elite high school players do. So they're in the mix quite a bit more than just hanging out playing forward. But at the college level. She's kind of specialized into being a scoring force, um, which has been big for them. And then also uh, Zeeland West sophomore, Tally Martinez, is um, start, a starting defender for them. And she's the one that uh, was great in high school, chose to play basketball at Hope, um, played a year on the university team, uh, and then decided to go back to soccer. So this is her first year of college soccer as a sophomore, and she's starting on, on defense uh, for Hope. So that shows you... Uh, her defensive ability and there'll be more to read about her this week in the Sentinels. So make sure to check that out. So, um, but yeah, we've got, uh, before we get to football, just touching on a couple other things we've got going. I mean, cross country is in full force here. We've got some great, uh, great runners and great teams in the area. Um, you can read about West Ottawa's fresh new freshman stud on their already uh, dynamic uh, girls cross country team that, returns all their scores from last year's fourth place in division one state meet team. Um, and, uh, you know, there's definitely got some, each, each school has got at least one really good runner, um, you know, around the area, which is really exciting. And usually most of them have more than one, uh, good runner. So that'll be something to look out for. Uh, West Ottawa is just very, they have two of the top five runners in the entire state and, neither of them are seniors. So like they're both going to, so they're going to be good for the next, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, they're building a, uh, they're really building kind of a mini dynasty. I know you got to win to be a dynasty. They're winning out here though. They're winning the okay red title. They're winning regional. Uh, so that's, uh, now they're, I mean, they're, they're a state contender now, which is, uh, exciting. So they'll definitely be, we'll be talking more about them as the season goes on. Um, and the same thing for volleyball and swimming. Next, 
next week we've got a very exciting volleyball uh, week with Zeal uh, Lees and West playing each other, Hamilton Holland Christian playing each other, and Hope Calvin playing each other next Saturday. So we'll have a lot of volleyball to talk about in the next couple weeks as well. Um, so let's get to football. I mean, we got a lot of a lot of football stuff, a lot of interesting football stuff happens. Um, before we get to the high school stuff, though, Will, I want you to break down uh, Hope's victory for me. Yeah. I mean, it seemed, seemed like a game on paper that looked pretty even, and but it wasn't really, was it? I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, heading into the game, I thought Rose Holman was going to win not super easily, but I thought they would win relatively convincingly. Um, Hope had struggled to run the ball the week before, um, and Rose Holman's quarterback is really good. This kid named Andrew Dion, he's out, he's from California. Um, he's a really prolific passer, one of the best passers in Rose Holman history. He's averaging like 350 yards passing going into the game. They had just beaten Trine, which always competes with Hope for the MIAA title. Um, they had lost in week one to a top 15 team nationally, um, but they only lost by like a touchdown, maybe 10 points. Um, so I was expecting, um, you know, Rose Holman to come in and handle business, but Hope really just kind of came in and said, no, last week was a fluke. We're going to assert our dominance here. And until the last minute of the game, it was like 27 to six. Then Rose Holman scored a couple garbage time touchdowns, got an onside kick, nice long pass from their quarterback to kind of the final score ended up being 27, 20, but it was never really that close at all. I mean, hope just dominated from the jump and the, the Rose Holman play calling was, was a bit strange, but hope was ready for it. They, they kept trying to, they had a perceived advantage in speed. I guess they, their coaching staff thought they could outspeed hopes guys. Um, so they kept doing a lot of jet motion, jet sweeps, um, trying to get to the outside to get an edge and, and, and get upfield. But hopes DBs were able to get off blocks and the linebackers and, and defensive line came in the backside pursuit to stop them for like one, two yards every time. And, and when they passed the ball, it was effective, but they just didn't pass the ball that much, which was surprising seeing their previous games. Um, but no credit, credit to Peter Thursman and his staff and, and his guys, they were, they were ready for it. Um, even though it didn't seem like that's what they would be doing and, and they were ready for it. And they came out with a, a big win, a really big win. That's probably one of the harder teams they'll play. Um, and then they'll, uh, that's the, they have one more non-conference game coming up this Saturday against North University of Northwestern, which is from Minnesota. They're coming to Hope, and that game kicks off at noon on Saturday. All right, very exciting stuff. Very exciting stuff. Um, yeah, they're looking good. Uh, Grand Valley State's looking good. Uh, they beat Wisconsin Lacrosse, which is a D3 power, um, kind of interesting matchup, but, uh, you know, showed that obviously Grand Valley was, you know, a, a, a bit ahead of them, but at the same time, lacrosse still scored 20 on them and showed why they're one of the better D3 I mean, teams. It was, a, it was a close game at, at halftime. I think yeah. lacrosse might have even been winning it at, at, at one point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Grand Valley, it's, they're, they're still trying to get their feet underneath them because they, they had one game canceled, so this is only game two for them, I think. Right. Um, so they're still getting their feet underneath them, but but they'll be fine. Their, their transfers – especially Hunter Rison, who's a Michigan State transfer receiver, has already started to make a, a big impact there. So he's he's definitely one guy to watch out for. Um, and Zealand West tight end Jake Slager, he's a all Gleak guy from last season, or 2019, I should say. Uh, he's another guy to watch at, at Grand Valley. For sure, for sure. And then we got Michigan and Michigan State are both uh, undefeated and looking optimistic. I can't remember the last year where we were this – 
far into the season where both teams really looked optimistic. You know, I mean, obviously Michigan State had a down year uh, last year. And, uh, you know, and before that, Michigan has had some down years. And, you know, it's been it's been hit or miss. But there's been very few years in the last, you know, decade or so where both teams have real reason to be optimistic. Yeah. I mean, Michigan has obviously looked good, but, but Michigan state has looked so much better than, than what Michigan has looked to me just because Michigan's dominating these lower tier opponents, these Mac opponents and like, great, good for you. Congrats. Like you're, you're beating these teams. They beat Washington. Washington turned out not to be nearly as good as people thought they were going to be. Right. Um, Pac 12 in general is kind of a mess. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, Michigan state going, taking it to Northwestern week one easily. Um, don't remember who they played week two, but one easily. And then going down Youngstown. to Youngstown. Yeah, State. Yeah. Youngstown State is okay. So an FCS team, um, but then going down to Miami and, and, and I, it's not easy to play in Miami. It's like 9,000 degrees down there. I can speak right. from experience, um, <laughs> but you know, they come down there and then it, it was close in the first half. And then, you know, Michigan state just really pulled away in the second half and their, their run game was great. Mel Tucker is, I, I think of saying Mel Tucker's praises like four or five times on this podcast already, but I'm just right. a huge fan of what, what he's doing down there. And, and he got put into a bad situation last year, a tough situation for anybody to come into, but you know, one season in, it's, it's already looking, the rebuilds already looking way better than anybody anticipated. So I'm, I'm higher on Michigan state than I am Michigan right now. Um, but we'll have to just wait and see until Michigan plays a real, real team. Um, for sure. For sure. Well, yeah. And that's part of it is too, it's just the, the scheduling with Washington not being, you know, maybe as good as people could have thought or whatever, like the Michigan looks good, but they, sh- at this point, they should look good. Like yeah, there's not a, they're, they're not necessarily doing absorbently more than anyone thinks they should be right now. Whereas Michigan state is, probably at least one win ahead of where people thought they would be. Oh yeah, absolutely. At least they, one, they, um, if I not mean, they two. Were, they were an underdog going into the Northwestern game. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, Northwestern is coming. I mean, last year they were the only, what were they, they the won, only they team in the West, the West to beat Iowa? Yeah. They won the West last year. Yeah. I mean, so like, this is, I mean, so they're, they're really probably closer to two wins ahead of where people, People yeah, probably predicted. I, I, would, I would say at this point, nobody thought they would beat Miami, um, including like a month ago. Um, I, you would hope they would beat Youngstown State. And then Northwestern was kind of a, a toss-up because Northwestern was a good team last year and they lost a lot. Um, right. And that was one of Michigan State's only wins. Um, but, you know, it was kind of a toss-up. So either way, but they just dominated that game and, and kind of set the tone for the whole season because they really sort of dominated Miami too when, when, when it came – down to it it seemed like uh miami was the team who was struggling with the heat and struggling with with staying you know energized and everything in michigan so they just looked fine they looked like they were used to it for sure for sure interesting so it's going to shape up i mean we've got interesting things happening on all, all levels of college football which is exciting i mean hope's looking good as they you know kind of march toward miaa play yeah. grand valley as expected looks good um but you know they they kind of good good for them is you know becoming a title contender and yeah, uh yeah. they, they that, that's there's really no reason for me to believe they can't be in that conversation at this point it's really all going to come down to that ferris game that, yeah. that's I, i'm not sure when that is i know it's a little bit later in the season but that's really what it's going to come down to yeah and then you know and then just taking care of their business otherwise yeah. so yeah. 
Yeah. And then, yeah, and then we got Michigan, Michigan State, you know, doing things. Um, and we got a lot of a lot of local players around too. You know, we've got uh, players on Eastern or maybe not Eastern, Western Central, Michigan, Michigan State, um, all over the place. So we'll keep you posted on on those guys too as we get Iowa too. Iowa, in Iowa, yes, Iowa. Zach Van Valkenburg at Iowa. We can't forget him. That's uh, uh, he might have end up having the biggest season out of anybody from locally. So uh, he probably will. He did last year. I mean, so he certainly will. Uh, I think. Yeah, so that's that's a big that's a big deal. We'll see how well Iowa does too. So, um, yeah, and then the high school we had a huge win for Holland High School this yeah. past week. Will you were there to see the uh, them play their second consecutive offensive shootout? Yeah, I mean, I think every game with Hope is or with Holland is going to be an offensive shootout. It seems, um, you know, Wyoming their defense played better this week, but but by no means would I consider it good defense. I mean, Wyoming before this game had scored 25 points the entire season. Um, Holland let them score 49 on them. Uh, Holland was just able to score 52. Um, right. I think this is like three weeks in a row where Holland was on pace to score 50 plus points. Um, you know, they're led by Zach Hopp, who is just an all world, just a, an absolute horse of a, of a quarterback. He can throw the ball. He can run the ball. Um, he's huge. He can run people over. He can make people miss. Um, and then you got a guy like Andon Grigg, uh, out wide who, who, you know, can, can haul in pretty much any catch when he's double, triple covered anything. Uh, and he proved he returned a kick for a touchdown too. So he can really do anything asked of him. Um, he got an interception earlier in the season. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it, it came down to the last play of the game though. There was about, uh, nine seconds left. Uh, they were on the nine yard line and they ran a little uh, zone read. Zach hopped through it to their tight end, uh, Donald Moran. He's a junior. Um, his first varsity uh, touchdown, and it was a, a pretty big one. It was their first non-COVID-induced win in about 800 days, so it was, it was a big deal for them, and it was, it was fun to watch and see the emotions play out for, for all the upperclassmen who finally you know, won a game and, and, and on the field and not like a, a two-to-nothing COVID um, decision either way. Um, it, it was really fun to see that. And, and, and coach Sean McManus got emotional after the game. He, 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 he was like fighting back tears when I was interviewing him. Um, he was very proud of him, very proud of what his team accomplished. And now they're trying to carry that momentum in this week against the, I'm not sure who they play this week. I forget, but, um, yeah, it'll be tough. I was just writing about it. Um, they, uh, play, uh, they play Grand Rapids Union and Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids Union. Union. That's right. Yeah. And it's homecoming for them. So hopefully they can ride that momentum a little bit of, uh, you know, scoring that they just need to get, to get a few more stops. Yeah. Um, isn't that hard to believe? And Greg last year was an all region receiver last year was his first year ever playing organized football. No, he's a, he's a stud. He's really good. It's I mean, unreal. He made, he made a few really, it, it, they didn't really show up on the stat sheet as anything other than yards. But on the last drive of the game, when Hope was down or Holland was down by five, um, you know they had to go in and 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 drive the length of the field and get a touchdown to win. Um, it was like fourth and eleven at, at midfield, and Andon Greg just went up there and it's in double coverage. Zakoff threw the ball up. Greg went up and, and and got it about fifteen yards. It took a massive hit to the ribs, held onto the ball, and and really set them up the next play. They chucked one to the end zone, drew a pass interference, got the ball at the nine, and then got a touchdown and won the game. Yeah, it's uh, it's de- there's definitely some excitement, even 
even in the losses, you know, the Zeal yeah. in the East when game was exciting. I, I, I'm still baffled by the week one drubbing by Holland Christian, but, yeah. uh, you know, first game and, you know, a little bit of rivalry mentality uh, or mental block, but their games are entertaining, you know, um, and that's something that a lot of times Holland has had, Holland has had some great, great teams over the years, you yeah. know, three or four really great teams, but when they're not good, they're struggling to win a game. And part of that is because their conference is so difficult. Yeah. Um, when you've got Zealand East West, Muskegon and Mona Shores in the conference. And before this year, when they or before last year, you add unity Christian into yeah. that conference. And even if you're really good, there's five losses. Yeah. Cause you have to good. upset a team challenging to win a state title just to make the playoffs. Yep. And that's insane. So you never really knew how good they were. Uh, same thing for Hamilton. Hamilton was in that league with them and Holland Christian. You kind of never knew how good how good some of these teams were um, because they're mostly losing four four to five games every year just because of who they're playing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's but, like being Tennessee in the SEC. Like you're gonna lose. Right, right. You you know, there's a couple years where Tennessee's real good, but they're still gonna lose. And then that. when they're not, you have no idea how the, how good they are. Um, you know, maybe until they get to a bowl game or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's just it's just interesting. But 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 because they would get beat down by these teams that are beating everyone in the state down, the excitement wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. The excitement is there, even if they're not getting tons of win. Now they have a win, which is huge. But like, pretty much each game has ex- is the excitement. Now Holland Christian didn't turn that turned out to be a little bit of a yeah, that was a blowout. Um, but it was ex- it, the excitement was there at the start of the game because it was starting with the rivalry. It was the start of the season. You know what I mean? So every game for Holland has been exciting. Yeah, I mean they're, they're a team that if you're watching them, just you know you can't really look away for more than a, a five seconds at a time, because if you do either a, they're going to get scored on or B they're going to score. Right. Um, and, and, and Zach Hopper or, or Anna Greg or someone's doing something crazy. And I will say the defense played better this week. I mean, they got a safety, which was huge. Um, right. They sacked the, the uh, Wyoming quarterback a couple of times, but, but you know, they, they let them back in it and, but, but they did just enough to win it. Um, so defense is improving, but it's still, definitely the weakest link of the team of the three phases. Um, sure. But they're exciting, man. And that makes them exciting. You, all, you know, if you're going to watch a, a Holland Dutch game, scores are going to be in the total scores are going to be in like the, the, the 110, 120 range. Right. For sure. Which is, that's exciting. I mean, at least fun. I mean, they, they had, they had some years just based on their offense, what they, they were running first teams sometimes in, in that powerful. Okay. Green conference for years where, there, the other teams could just stop the run. So yeah. they they have, you know, years where they it was a struggle to even score a touchdown yeah. or more than one touchdown in a game. Well, and and, the and now they're putting up fifty points. And the crazy game. thing about this week was that they they scored fifty two points. They had two of their top three receivers out due to injury, and then they had a bunch of kids get sick with like the cold earlier in the. The, the, oh yeah, that kind of, kind of went ripping through some of the school districts too. Yeah, so the uh, coach McManus told me that one day at practice they had like thirteen kids at practice, um, and they were like almost deciding like on Thursday like are we going to play this game or not? Like, do we even show up? Like, and then and, uh, Zach Hop was like, Zach Hop had to play defense a little bit. He played some free safety, um, 
the quarterback and he was just like, I'm not, he said, I'm core. I was quarantined for two games last season. I'm not missing a second of this season. I don't care if we had to play with 11 guys and both play both ways. We're playing this game. And they did. Nice. They got their first win in like almost two calendar years, which was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's go through a little bit of what else happened. I mean, I was at the grand Haven versus West Ottawa game. Um, grand Haven scored in the first quarter and they scored the first play of the second quarter and then nothing happened until the end. And I mean, West, West Ottawa ended up losing. Uh, they were down 14, seven looked like they were in the game. The momentum was going, they had just scored, but the ensuing kickoff went 87 yards yeah. down to like the six yard line. They scored on the next play and the momentum was swung right back. But the, their West Ottawa's defense who has given up some, had given up some points coming into this went, three full quarters giving up nothing. Yeah, exactly. And that's impressive. Um, that's very impressive. And they, they ended up, uh, you know, it, it ended up looking not, you know, like like they weren't really in it, you know, 28-7, you yeah. know. But, but at that was one of them was a kick return. The other one was set up by a kick return. Um, you know, so you're not – the defense only gave up the defense really only gave up 14 points basically. Um, and it was 14, seven midway through the fourth quarter. And yeah, so exactly. that game completely changed. Um, and then they scored a, you know, they scored on the next play to, to make it 21, seven, and then scored a garbage time. Uh, and and, and you know, that's a team that, you know, I, like I said, last week, I, I really said, you know, this week is, the, could be the week for Holland to get their first win. And they did. And like this week is looking like a week for, for West Ottawa that could potentially get that first win. Um, Cause they're going to East Kentwood. Um, I'll be there at that game. And East Kentwood is own four, two. Um, they've really struggled on offense. Uh, they've been shut out a couple times. Uh, they've only scored 16 points all season. So I know West Ottawa struggles on defense, but you know, right. they're play- I mean, they, and now in fairness, they've played harder teams. Some of it, they, you know, yeah, they have, but, but, you know, they played Muskegon and uh, you know, some other teams, but at the same time, if West Ottawa's defense played like they did this last week, they should win. Yeah, yeah, and and then, you know just got to get the offense going a little bit too. But but you know if you're playing a team that's only scored 16 points all season, then score a touchdown and a field goal, and you might win the game. You know, right, right. So so we'll see. But this is this is really the week that when I was going through the schedules in the preseason, um, and as as this week or as the season has kind of gone along, I kind of circled this one as. Yeah, this this could be a week where where you know Pat Collins gets that first win as as West Ottawa head coach, and they get their first win since what twenty eighteen. They haven't won a game since twenty eighteen, right? Which is that. which is really, I mean, it's hard to think about any team going winless, especially for multiple years. Now, unfortunately, with Holland High School, we've kind of gotten used to it because, like I said, they would have they would build up to a playoff team, They're boom, and then they'd have three years of where they wouldn't win a game, and yeah. then they would have back-to-back good, really good years, and then when they're down, they just won't win. A, it's hard for them to win a game. They've had a ton of seasons over their uh, history where they've been winless, which is no fun for anybody. We've had them there. Zeeland East has had seasons like that. Um, I mean, Zealand, when they first split, Holland and Zeeland East, I think, each had winless seasons, you know, you know, back, you know, a decade, over a decade ago now. But yeah. then, then the next year, they played each other and it was the only win for one of them, you yeah. know, like it was just like this wild, you know, sad thing that it became, you know, the Holland became like, you know, the Cleveland Browns or whatever you want to call it, you know, yeah. like this. And, and, but then they, 
they've had great this you know in the past decade they've had some great teams great great teams but they've also had more years where they haven't um you know haven't won won a game yeah. and west ottawa i just i didn't expect it i didn't expect it um because you don't expect they, any team to go three straight years without winning. Well, well, right. And West Ottawa had had some you know games or years where they hadn't won a game, but it's been decades. It's been decades. Yeah. I didn't expect the drop. I mean, they had some great teams. They made it deep in the playoffs. I think four years ago, or three years ago, whatever it was, right before this, I didn't expect the drop off to be like that. So um, that's been interesting. Um, yeah. But hopefully, yeah, they can get. I know they're nobody. competing against OK Red schools, and, and the OK Red's probably the hardest conference in Michigan. But I mean, a school that size, you, you would imagine there'd be enough talent to drum up to win at least one non-conference game at least each year. Right, right. I mean, and it's one of the biggest schools in the state, isn't it? It's certainly the it's biggest. It's like the tenth West. biggest, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just—it's one of those things. You just would expect it, but it's just you know. They've they've lost a couple heartbreakers at the last minute. Um, you know they're just, you know, I, I covered a game. I think it was, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, where they were first game of the year. They were playing at Stevensville Lakeshore, who's a pretty good team. It was a game that ended up having like monster storms where they had to cut the game off on Friday, then they had to go back Saturday, which means I also had to go back oh. all the way down there on Saturday. Um, they were in it, you know, like, I think that they, they kind of, you know, they, a team that ends up being a team that wins no games shouldn't be in a game against Stevensville Lakeshore. And they were in it, you know, until the storms and everything changed kind of the momentum and everything. But like, it's, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just a weird thing. And like, and who knows if they were in a different conference, where would they be? You know what I mean? Like, would yeah, they, exactly. I mean, yeah. I would. I don't think it would be that much different um, no. if they can't win their non-conference games, um, right? But if but they're, still. but they're, let's say they're in the green, they would. Who knows this year about Holland? That would probably be a really good game. They haven't played each other. That would, in a long that would time. be a fun Holland, game. Be Holland a- and West Ottawa haven't played each other in a long time. That would be a really fun game. Um, but West Ottawa should beat. Just should beat like Wyoming. Yeah, I mean, just some of these schools. So it's just it, – it, it, it's some of its circumstance, but at the same time, like I said, you never expect it. So hopefully get, they get their win. Holland got their win. Holland Christian was winless last year. They beat Holland in week one, so they've got a win. So And then Fen, yeah, Fenville got their first win last week too, their first win ever in eight-man. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's it, that's good. I mean, hopefully West Ottawa gets it too. I would love to have a year where everyone wins a freaking game. Last year we had four teams with no games. Like They're that's so bad. Left. Yeah, they're the West Ottawa is the only school left in our coverage area that has not won it. All the right. other seven schools. So maybe that changes Friday. So, and if uh, it doesn't change Friday, I'm not sure it changes at all. Right, right. It's I mean it, the, the road gets much more this difficult. Their, I mean they'll be playing. By they'll be by playing it. Rockford in Granville yeah. um, and Jenison and you know teams that uh, teams that on paper should beat them. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of the stunners from last week is Zeeland West lost to Muskegon Mona Shores. Now that in itself is not a stunner because, you know, Mona Shores has been in the state finals within the last couple of years that, you know, they've been, they've been good for, for a number of years now. Um, but losing, but they lost 47, 12. I would yeah. never pick that in a million years. Yeah. Um, you know, they just, they just kind of got, I mean, they, they, the players themselves were saying it's a, it's a wake up call. 
but like there's two things from this one zealand west you know maybe showing that you know they they've got new quarterback a lot of new personnel from last year so even though their system of the, with the wing T is really, really great, they're showing that they're not maybe not quite as experienced as they were and maybe not quite as good as they were. On a sliding scale, they're still quite a very good team, Zealand West. Yeah. But yeah. I think the biggest wake-up call for this was the fact that Mona Shores is dynamite. Um, they're very good. They I mean, they're – yeah, it's – they are they, – so far, I, I mean, with what they've showed, they're better than Muskegon. There, that game between the two of them is going to be insane. I mean, yeah, those games have been for almost a decade now have been insane. But before that, like Muskegon had won like, like 30, 40 years in a row. Yeah. And then Mona Shores won one. It was this big deal. And then Mona Shores ended up winning the state championship that year. And then they've been good ever since. And Muskegon's still been good ever since. And that's pretty exciting. Also, um, but, sort of an aside, just check out the, the photo gallery on, on HollandSound.com by, by one of our stringers, Lenny Padilla. Mona Shores has some of the coolest uniforms I've seen. They, yeah, they're so dope. Um, yeah, and they—I mean, they're—they're—I mean, they—they're playing. They're looking good. They're playing good. They—I mean, that's their—I mean, their game against Muskegon will determine who wins the green in all likelihood now. Yeah. Um, but like, it's—they—they're they're real good. So that—that that also doesn't worry me quite as much for the Ducks. Well, the only thing I would be worried about is you've been here obviously so significantly longer than me and seen a lot of football seasons. I, I didn't expect them to lose that bad. And when was the last time you saw them lose consecutive games? It's, I mean, it's been a while. I mean, they, they've, uh, yeah, I'm not even really sure when the last time they consecutive games. That's a good, uh, that's a good, that's a good stat. Yeah, here. I'll cool. see if I can find that real quick. Um, but I don't remember them. I don't remember them ever. Like, I don't remember them losing that big in general. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge You know what loss. I mean? Like, that's... that's a 35-point loss. Right. I mean, I don't remember... Like, they've lost games. Don't get me wrong. I don't remember them ever really losing that bad outside. I feel like they may have lost that way to, like, Muskegon in the playoffs at yeah, some point, yeah. you know, or something like that. But, like, um, like that's back-to-back games. I mean, that's... And, and, and the, the thing with this is, obviously, they're a younger team than they normally have. This week is going to say a lot because they play Reese Puffer, which is not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. Like, Reese Puffer is pretty solid. They're 2-2 two and two right now. Right. Um, how is this team going to respond to getting punched in the face two weeks in a row? How right. is this team going to respond to that? Are they going to just roll over and die? Or are they going to, you know, work their tails off this week and, and, and you know, try and get back in that W column? Because – this week is critical for, for, for the rest of the season for them, in my opinion. This is this is definitely a, a turning point for them to decide what team they're going to be for the rest of the year. For sure. For sure. Okay, so the last time they lost back-to-back games was in 2017, early in the year. They lost to Mona Shores, and then they lost to West Catholic 17-6. Uh, in back to those games even blowouts? Uh, they lost to Mona Shores 42-20. Okay. So um, and then in the last time – I don't know. What do you consider a blowout? I guess the last time they got blown out. I would say more than 16 points, more than a, more than two possessions. All right. Well, they got the last, they got blown out in the 2018 playoffs against Zealand East. That was the year Zealand East went to the state semis, 42-24. Um, the year before that, they got in the playoffs. They lost to Muskegon 55-20. Um, 
And then here, so, and then that same year in 2017, they lost to Zealand East in the final season finale, 28 to 8. 28 to 8. Okay, so 20 points. I mean, and then the next, the next week, they beat that same Zealand East. They lost 28 to 8. The next week in the playoff rematch, they won 42 27. Well, maybe they were like sitting people that week or something because they didn't either in the playoffs. I they they did that. They've done that so many times to Zealand East where they lost, uh, they lost the regular season game and then won it until a couple of years ago, like that state semifinal team that had Boone Bonema and Adam Berghorst. And I mean, of all those scores you just mentioned, though, none of them were bigger than thirty-five points. No, this was. no. So I mean, it's just I mean, they, I mean that, this this was like. Uh, I mean, that's a big deal is, is getting smacked. I mean, and who knows, Muskegon or, 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 or Mona Shillers could go ahead and win the whole state state title. Right. And those years that they got blown out, Muskegon and Mona Shores both were like in the semifinals or the finals. Yeah, so exactly. um, just interesting. Um, but uh, it's just, again, they, that those might be the only two games they lose. Yeah, could be. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the case, but you know, it's just, like I said, this this week is is going to say a lot because Reese Puffer is not Reese Puffer is not a team that's going to roll over. No, no, definitely not. So it, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Right, Fenville got their first win, which is huge. Yeah, that might be um, the only one, but it might. But I mean, you got it. They got it. Um, you know, they had they spread the ball around. Uh, a lot of people contributed. Tyler Scott, Dylan Scott, Ben Peterson, Corey Calais. I feel like Rosma, lots of lots of big big time spread outing of, of the offensive firepower, which is huge for them. I feel like the Scott brothers and the, the Peterson brothers are like the only people who go to Fenville High School. Right. Because <laughs> like every time I go to any sporting event, they're always doing something and doing something very well. Right. Why are these four four young men the, the poster children for every sport at Penville? Right, for sure. Well, I think right, Brody graduated, so at least there's only yeah, one of the three of the four of them now. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they'll be the they'll be three of the five starters on the basketball team exactly. too. So uh then Zealand East beat like Reese Puffer, a team that won't roll over. They uh Zealand East beat them 17-14, a very close game. Yeah. Um which it's kind of a boring game. Um, well, yeah, well, it's, it, that shows me that Reese Puffer might it would I would guess have a decent defense, defense. because yeah, because Zealand East play. has some offensive weapons big yeah, time. Their struggle has been stopping people defensively, so it was a good defensive showing by both teams. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised that uh, Reese Puffer only gave up that amount. I'm you know that could 17 uh, 14 seems like a quite defensive minded low scoring game. I mean you yeah. get. You especially, add 10 points to each, it wouldn't seem like it would have phased me. Yeah, I mean, especially considering the, the, the person I, – I, obviously, I've never seen Reese Puffer play. I've just kind of read and and and, and seen what they've done against other teams similar to, to the teams we cover. But, I mean, Zealand East has guys and, and girls who girls who won the game for them with Paige Westford's field goal. Um, but, I mean, Zealand East got a bunch of dudes on that team who, who can run fast. But Brady White was our player of the week last week. He had four total touchdowns. He had both touchdowns this week. Um for, for Zealand East, I mean, I got Shea Bay Hunderman, who's probably one of the fastest kids in the area. And, and I mean, he's no, he's no Benny Diaz, but, but in terms but of football is? speed, in terms of football speed, like there's right. a difference sprint speed and football speed and, and Shea Bay's got football speed for days. Um, you know, and, and, and this week is, is, you know, now that Brady has kind of established himself as a guy who, who can, you know, get a lot of uh, attention and, and, and take a lot of attention away from Shea Bay, it's going to be interesting to see if they do any times to put them on the field together 
because um, at that point, it's sort of a pick your poison kind of thing. Who are you going to defend? Right. I, li- I like that idea, and I think that that's going to be something that they build on for sure. Um, Sagatuck lost to Parchment 50-43. to They led yeah. into the final yeah. seconds yep. and uh, gave up a touchdown with 26 seconds to go, uh, which is just a bummer. I hope that – I mean, I, I still think Sagatuck's a playoff team, even though they're – I think Sagatuck's good, yeah. They're 2-2. Two and two. They their two losses are to big teams. I hope this twenty seven seconds to go touchdown isn't a loss that keeps them out of the playoffs. Yeah, um, I still think that they'll win enough games to get to the playoffs. They on paper they they could and should, but you know you never know, and that would be heartbreaking if that's that last second about face is what keeps them out of the playoffs in the long run. And their game this weekend, or this week, I should say is intriguing because they play, they're playing schoolcraft and schoolcraft. Oh, and three, um, they haven't had a particularly good season by any means, but, um, Saga Tech has never beaten schoolcraft before they're Oh, and four all time. Um, and schoolcraft had an open week last week, so they didn't have any, any games. So that gives them an extra week to, to, to prepare for, for a unique offense like Saga Tech runs with the, with the T. Um, so we'll see if that that helps at all because that's always a thing when 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 you know you're in the middle of the season. I know from from experience when I worked for college football teams, if Navy was on the schedule, you would be doing a lot of triple option stuff during training camp to get ready for when you play Navy in week eight. Right, you have to be ready for it because it's so weird. So you can't just learn it all like that. Right, it's it's so unique. So if you have a triple option team on the schedule, you do a little bit of install. And then you hope you can remember it fast enough the week of the game. So to have that open week right before you play Sagatuck, that that could be huge. Right, for sure, for sure. And that's we'll see what happens there. That's going to be an, one of the more intriguing matchups. Um, looking back at last week, too, uh, Hamilton lost to West Catholic fifty to fourteen. And that's uh, just West, Ca- West Catholic's really really good. Yeah. You know, we've we've already mentioned you know in past podcasts how Hamilton. The way their offense goes, it's going to be very hard for them if they're behind by more than they're, one yeah, or two they're, scores they're not going to, to score get back in the game. game. So, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. But that's also a game on paper that they were also expected to lose. Yeah, as exactly. Well. So, like, didn't uh, shock me at all that they lost like that. No, they, I mean, one of the smart, the most as as weird as some of these scores were, the most shocking score, <laughs> final score to me was Coopersville seven, Holland Kirsten three. Yeah, it's like we went to the time machine back to like 1890 to watch it. Yeah, game. I'm not really sure what it was about those teams. I mean, Coopersville's traditionally pretty good. Holland Christian has had its struggles, but usually its struggles are defensive. Yeah, like their offense is solid. So how did they allow only one touchdown but not score any touchdowns themselves? It's just wild. Um, and, and the thing about that game is we never – we didn't send anybody to it because we had limited staffing. Um, right. We never heard much about what happened from any of the coaches that, that were there. Right. So, like, we just know they got a field don't goal. know what happened. Like, right. Were there a lot of turnovers? Were there a lot of mistakes? Or was it just really good defense? Like, we don't know. Right. So it's, it's just one of those – it's going to be one of those enigmas that will yeah. just uh, – you know, have to have to just dream about and see see if we'll know what what happened with it. But it'll be it's still very interesting with all the high scoring that's going on. Um, you know, again, it wouldn't have surprised me if, especially considering they came out and scored like fifty six. It was like thirty. If it was like 35, 31, it wouldn't have surprised me. You yeah, know, that's like what you expect. that's that's a high so, school football score. Like that's right, true. exactly. So going up against a, a defense with like five D one guys on it, like you expect to score at least a couple touchdowns when you're at the high school level. Right, for sure. So it's just really interesting. We'll see if they can bounce back. 
Um, it'll be an, an interesting week for sure. I mean, Hamilton has they host Spring Lake in another kind of okay yeah. blue gauntlet style game. They're undefeated. That's a good team. Holland is looking to keep their momentum going into their homecoming. West Ottawa is looking for their first win. Fendel looking to keep the momentum. Sagatuck looking to bounce back from heartbreak. Uh, same, you know, same for you know West Ottawa. I'm not sure. You know, we're not sure how heartbreaking Holland Christian's loss was because we're not sure when exactly yeah. that touchdown was scored. Um, were they behind the whole game? Did they were they up three zero the whole game? You exactly. know, like it, it it depends. But either way, it's got to be disappointing that they only scored three points. Yeah. Um, so we'll see who you know can rise up uh, this week and give us more exciting things to talk about. Uh, so make sure to vote for the player of the week uh, each week between Sunday night and Wednesday morning. Again, um, the and, for Zach Op. <laughs> and. Uh, and check out uh, check out our football coverage. I mean, outside of the preview capsules and the little rewind, every most everything is going to be subscriber only. But remember, subscriber only digital subscriptions are a dollar for six months right now. So go out and spend that dollar and get uh, you know we'll get all our coverage and read about all these uh, great players and uh, and teams we've got going on. I mean, even some of our teams that struggle have some great players on them. Uh, definitely players worth reading about. Um, and that'll be good for, you know, all the other sports too, who's we've got, you know, some pretty elite style D one kids in tons of sports right now, um, which is very exciting. So and, and speaking of elite D one kids, Zealand East has played how many games and we haven't even mentioned tag bottom up. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't done like anything. No, I mean, he's, well, it's, he was, a, he was on the line last year and now he's playing linebacker and it's a little bit different. Um, but the people are just running away from him. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, I, I mean, their, their defense has been like the stalwart of their teams for the past few years. Yeah, and their defense is not not the best part of their team right now. Um, and which this this score show, although they played great this week, allowing just fourteen yeah. points. Um, but so I, it's it's going to be kind of a mixed bag with Tag Bonima because I'm just not really sure how. You know what I mean? He can be in the mix of things. Uh, he's, but he also people will run around from him, double and triple team him, and uh, they need some other people to step up and kind of even that playing field a little bit. Uh, well, I'm just they haven't used him more on offense. Like with a body like that, I mean, that's a tight end. That, that's right. like the best well, tight end in the area. I well, it's it's just interesting because he's go he's already committed to Western, and he's uh, to you know following in his brother Boone's steps. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be on the line, defensive line there. Um, so yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be a DN outside linebacker. Yeah. So it's just kind of a interesting situation with him. And, you know, they're obviously trying to do what's best for the team, um, as well. But I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure on the offense, he's on the line. Um, and that's just, you know, it just doesn't kind of show up, you know, some of that stuff doesn't kind of show up. So it'll be interesting to see, um, as the season goes on to what he's able to, bring to it because he's obviously an elite player um but he's also learned to play in a lot of different spots and uh you know in the past years he's had uh you know guys like andrew devries who was all state or uh berghorst next to him on the d-line or his brother boone was a linebacker with him when he was a freshman they were both uh when tag was a starter as a freshman uh as excuse me linebackers they were playing next to each other so this is kind of his first go around where he is completely relied upon and that's an adjustment for many reasons one you got to deal with it 
Yeah. But also you got to deal with the fact that now the opposing team is focused solely on you. Yeah, like a scheming against you. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, that, that was kind of what happened with Sagatuck last year. Tommy Beckman, who's now playing at Central Michigan, he was, he was playing defensive end and he barely had any tackles. I say but he, he was all state yeah. because no one went near him. <laughs> you know, He's like a J.J. Watt kind of player where like he can line up anywhere, but wherever he lines up, they're going to run up. They're going to go the other direction. Yeah, and that's that's the way it went for Beckman, and that's the way it's going you know, for tag too. So we'll see how they adjust to that, especially when you get toward the playoffs. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, lots of good football, lots of good soccer, uh, lots of good lots of things next week. So uh, just a reminder, next week – Holland, Holland Christian play soccer on Monday against each other. So it'll be after uh, or before we do our next podcast. So we'll definitely be able to break that down on the podcast. But uh, reminder, go out and see it. I mean, this is it's outdoors. Hopefully the weather's nice. Two of the best teams in the state, the best soccer rivalry in the state. Um, it's just very, very exciting. I've covered a lot of their games over the years uh, and the last four or five years. There's just there's just really nothing like it. It's got a football Friday night atmosphere for a soccer game. And that's really exciting to see. So um, if you got nothing to do Monday night, go see it. Holland high school, six Um, And then we'll, uh, we'll be back next week to break that down and tell you where you can go for all the exciting volleyball action next week. So uh, in addition to the football stuff, so, all right, have a good week, everybody go out and see some sports and uh, for Will, I'm Dan and we'll see you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any, type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.